Thanks for tuning in. I'm Zach, and this is Podcast Junkie, a weekly bite-sized show that gives you a look into a new podcast each week. So, let's get into this week's podcast. This week, we dive into the history of people, specifically people who changed history and their story. Let me introduce you to Historical Figures, brought to us by Parcast Network and hosted by Carter and Vanessa. Each episode, they dive into little facts and untold stories of the history of mankind. During each episode, similar to Podcast Junkie, where you may hear of a podcast, but you don't know much about it, Historical Figures plucks historical names and expands your knowledge, teaching you the ins and outs of their life, like what made them tick, what caused them to seek greatness, or what caused greatness to seek them. What happens in someone's life that causes them to push past the I can'ts of life to the I dids? And with Historical Figures, they take you from birth to fame of each figure. In Historical Figures, you can always expect a very well-researched and scripted knowledge cast each week. So, let's take a quick listen to an episode I personally was excited to see come through. Groups of bushwhackers were increasingly raiding Liberty and other Union strongholds. Bushwhackers were Confederate guerrillas, small, self-organized bands of rebels using irregular behavior, improvisation, and any means necessary to get the job done. Bushwhackers were specifically named for their tendency to hide in the brush and otherwise use the land to their advantage. In other words, they fought dirty. Dirty is putting it lightly. In the case of Missouri bushwhackers, the goal wasn't just to win the war, but to demoralize those they saw as being on the wrong side of the justice, the Union sympathizers. This tactic was incredibly effective. And the hot seat for this activity was in Jackson County, Missouri, directly across the river from Clay County. Jesse and Frank were entirely enamored with these rebel heroes. When Frank James found out about the bushwhacker leader William Quantrill's successful raid on the Union in spring of 1863, he supposedly shot his gun into the air and shouted, Praise Jefferson! Not long after, in 1863, Jesse and Frank joined Quantrill's bushwhackers. Jesse, who was just 15, was too young to go into battle, but he still helped out where he could. One story recounts that while cleaning and loading guns for the bushwhackers, Jesse blew off the tip of his finger. Ooh, ouch. The James Farm became a central operation for the bushwhackers. Zerelda supported them wholeheartedly and even served them meals. Jesse looked up to these fierce young men who rode valiantly into battle against what they called the tyrannical North. To him and to other Southerners, the bushwhackers were defending what was rightfully theirs, their home and culture. And they were successful at it. Jesse wanted to be a part of that, too. Part of the bushwhackers' success was due to local sympathizers like Zerelda, who were willing to hide them, give false information to Union troops, and otherwise support the efforts. It also helped that the bushwhackers had spent their entire lives learning the ins and outs of the local terrain. But the Union was not kind to known Confederate sympathizers. In May 1863, they ambushed Jesse and the Samuels farm. Jesse was whipped badly, and the house and family were attacked. Zerelda recollected, quote, We found that the rear of the house had been set on fire. We put out the blaze, and no doubt saved the lives of the rest, for the plan evidently was to kill all of us and burn up our bodies to destroy all evidence against them. Dr. Samuels and Jesse were plowing when the militiamen reached the farm, end quote. 
The men strung Reuben up by his neck to gain information on the whereabouts of Frank and the bushwhackers. He gave in to save his own life. As a result, the Union troops were able to kill five bushwhackers. Reuben and Zerelda were arrested. This was remarkable, as women were not usually targeted or even eligible for arrest. But Zerelda's well-known reputation for supporting the bushwhackers led to an exception. In the interim, 15-year-old Jesse was left in charge of the damaged farm. It was a tense time. He didn't know if Frank had survived. He didn't know if or when his mother and stepfather would come home. He didn't know if the farm would be attacked again. Through all this, he had to look after the farm and his younger siblings. Zerelda returned first. A few weeks later, Reuben came home too. Both had to sign loyalty oaths to the Union. This further infuriated the family, and Jesse's hatred for the Union grew. That autumn brought better news. Frank returned alive and with new friends, Bob, Jim, and Cole Younger. Jesse was relieved to have his brother back and became enamored of these new bushwhackers. He listened to their stories of battle, strategy, and violent glory when they ate at the James farm, and he worked hard to earn their approval. Frank and the Youngers worked with a new bushwhacker who was rising to local power, William Bloody Bill Anderson, who was trained by William Quantrill himself. That name, Bloody Bill, is not an exaggeration. Some verified accounts of Anderson's brutal methods include cutting off both of a man's ears before killing him. Another instance included murdering a former Union soldier who was trying to get medicine for his sick mother. Anderson and his gang left his naked, bloody body in the mud by a creek. Some historians believe this climate of celebrating acts of cruelty, such as these, may have led to the violentization of Jesse and Frank. Violentization is a process where an individual experiences great trauma. As we just heard, the story is well thought out, progressing from Jesse's birth up to his fame and beyond. The Wild West is a point in our history that's fascinated me for years. And the way that they dive not only into what Jesse James did himself, but the people who surrounded him while growing up, and then the people that he surrounded himself with when he was grown up is amazingly researched and informative as we go through his robberies of banks, trains, even horses. So that was a taste of the life of Jesse James on historical figures. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy listening to historical figures or any other podcast we've previously covered, which can all be found wherever you're listening to Podcast Junkie. You can find us at Cast Junkie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So follow us, won't you? We'll be posting links to this show and all others we've covered on them. Don't forget to subscribe to Podcast Junkie so you can get the next episode as soon as it drops. And rate and review us to help us get our name out there. Have a podcast suggestion? Send them to us on social media or at castjunkie.com and we'll add them to our list. Until next week, don't forget to binge all the podcasts we've been highlighting.